Hello and welcome to Cracked Open, a podcast guiding you on your journey to becoming a vessel of unconditional love. This is your host, Beck Mylonis, High Priestess, Channel, and Activator. Join me on this series as I share reflections, insights, and channel transmissions from my journey of walking the initiation path. Each episode is a unique transmission containing supportive frequencies to facilitate the deepest healing, activation, and reconnection with your soul. I invite you to open your mind and set the intention to receive this episode into your heart space. Let's go. Amazing. So I'm not going to get you to do any like saying my podcast name or anything like that. We'll just dive straight into (laughs) it. Cracked open. Oh, God. Cracked open. Cracked open. Fucking cracked open. Fucking cracked open, mate. (laughs) I might just leave this in the to open. You have to. I think you have to. Yeah. Please share this with your audience. Hi. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, as you can see, I am here with Brandon Thomas of Expanding Reality. We're going to talk some shit today for you all. I'm so excited to have Brandon here. He's a true soul brother. I met Brandon in a random turn of events um, through the ethers of the internet. And there was this feeling of like, I just need to talk to this dude. I don't know why. And then we got talking and it was like, oh, there's just so much resonance here. We've just known each other for like a bunch of lifetimes. This is cool. Fucking love that. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, some of them, I don't think you'd want to know me. (laughs) I was kind of a cunt, but you know, (laughs) uh, as it is. In those lives, we were cunts together. You know what I mean? Because (laughs) I think that the mission that we serve here is because of the level of cunts we were in any of the other lifetimes when we needed to go that deep into it to see it we've been doing this from the ground up and we just happen to be right here meeting each other in this one so we've been cunts together in many of them dear i reckon we're gonna get into that for sure who knows where this will go we're just kind of flowing with it brandon officially to introduce him is the host of expanding reality podcast brandon's a deliberate creator in every way he has deliberately created his remarkably delightful life through deconstructing the deep-seated programming installed in the matrix to empower himself to shun limitations his personal calling is to give people back to themselves he lives his purpose in every breath we absolutely uh, excited there's a beautiful cat here who has jumped on to hang out whose name is you just told me and my mind is sam went, sam. samurai we call him sam yeah samurai beautiful samurai. <laughs> samurai i love that so brandon i love to have people kind of tell them tell the uh, my god tell us for themselves how they came to where they are doing what they are what some of their main points in their journey was and how you arrived here talking to me today we won't talk about the specifics of how we got here because i kind of just touched on it but what you know brings you to be lit up in this way helping others to connect to their purpose and and what was that journey like for you to get here Man, what a great question. And first of all, Beck, it's so good to see you. This is yes, awesome. And thank you so much for having me on your awesome show. Your audience is extremely lucky, and I hope that they know that. Um, so to answer your question more directly, I'm Brandon Thomas. Again, thank you for the wonderful intro. And yes, I have an interesting story. You know, not everybody does, and that's fine. You're interesting anyway. Um, but my story goes is that um, at about the until the age of uh, 17, actually, I was living in a very boring life. I was in a suburb type situation, you know, and North uh, Texas had a small little, uh, you know, life or whatever, didn't know anything. I didn't know what pot was. I didn't know, didn't catch any of the movie references or anything like that. Very sheltered life, raised in church, all of those things. Now at 17, what happened was, well, 17 and some change, the summer going in from my sophomore to junior year, we moved from that little small little environment. We 
plopped ourselves down as a family due to my dad's job transfer uh, down in Houston, Texas, which is dramatically different from where we were. So it's like the eighth largest city in the nation, in the world or something like that. Anyway, uh, just a crazy big place. And it, um, it was really just this shock, like this absolute culture shock of just all these people, all these new ideas, all these things that I definitely found out what pot was at 18 is when things really kicked off. And that's when I actually started connecting with cannabis or smoking the pot, as we say, as well. Uh, that's when things at home were a little tough. The move was really tough on one of my parents and it uh, exploded really violently in the home in a physical way. To that, uh, it started with me, so I just kept it on me and I just kept all of that. Now, I say that to say it's one of the greatest gifts ever, which is why it's included in this time period of what made me who I am and why I'm so grateful for my life was this really challenging time with one of my parents and it physically manifesting in a way that they didn't know how to deal with situations and being separated from their parent, all this stuff, right, with the move. And so that was an interesting uh, switch in relationship. But again, completely healed on our end on all ends and could not be more grateful for that time period. So I just kind of want to put that out for anybody that's uh, maybe triggered over some news like that. So from that, in that time period as well, uh, keeping it on myself, I absolutely dove into the depths of who I really was and tried, you know, did my damnedest to figure what, out what that was and through any means I could. You know, I was introduced to this new chemical alteration called psychedelics uh, at that time period as well uh, with the marijuana, which is technically a psychedelic as well, albeit a mild one. I really connected with it and figured that out. Um, even at this young age, I was still drinking and stuff because you can get alcohol anywhere. You can, you know, get shit um, anywhere. So we did that as well. But man, the cannabis and psychedelics were really powerful for me. That was something I really, really felt drawn to. And again, in this time, it was really challenging at home. So I escaped into diving into myself deeper, you know, with this group of people in Houston. And so Ended up being that I experimented with two hits of liquid acid for my first um, communion with psychedelics, and it was fantastic until it wasn't. So it was an awesome experience until my mom called because I was still living in the house. Again, this was like right in this time period. Mom called, hey, you need to come home. And it just dropped me into this, what we call a bad trip or whatever. And I'm like puking, I'm crying. I'm just, the whole world was collapsing after I had just seen it all connected and beautiful and wonderful and flowing for like 30 minutes. I could feel this. And uh, to that, I was like up on an overpass, like on a highway, and I was like dangling my feet down over the cars that were coming underneath, and I'm seeing this crazy, amazing, beautiful world, and all of a sudden just crying and puking and things suck and whatever. So all of this stuff, uh, still ended up trying it again, by the way. I didn't feel that that was a fair shot because it wasn't psychedelic. It wasn't, you know, uh, acid's fault that my mom needed me to come home that night. So the... Things going on at home, the big move, introduction to psychedelics. I was then introduced to conspiracy theories, for lack of a better term, the idea of just critical thinking, really being introduced into that narratives being presented to you from official media sources or otherwise, you know, anything that you were told to pay attention to on an authoritative level perhaps was not the truth. And so I was very strongly introduced to that. Uh, I graduated 2001, by the way, and all this happened my senior year um, right after and right after. So from there then... Um, Things exploded in, in the house where an event occurred to where I ran upstairs, grabbed two bags of clothes with everything I could put in it and that guitar over there on the wall. And then I um, headed out on foot. It was two days after graduation. I passed the test of the matrix. I made it through high school fucking somehow mm -hmm. and got my little piece of paper saying that I was fit to move forward. And I did so um, in an interesting fashion. You know, I don't know how many people depart their homes that way in tears and just bags, whatever they can drag along in their guitar. 
um, and no car. I just walked. I went to a phone, called my girlfriend at the time who picked me up. And then that was a whole nother thing throughout my 20s, which was fascinating. But either way, then 2001, uh, September hit right after that. That was, you know, the year I graduated high school, that September, graduated May, that September, September 11th happened. And uh, that was an interesting thing. I remember the apartment I was living in with my girlfriend at the time. And her mom said, turn the TV on. We turned it on, watched the second plane hit. It was weird. But either way, so all of this stuff was going on at the same exact damn time when I thought, well, you know, what else is there to learn out of this place? I got introduced to spirituality, and it was in um, a book called Conversations with God. Uh, oh, I love Donald that book. Walsh. Yeah, good book. Mm-hmm. Great book, right? Uh, Great boom, book. I happen to have it, of course, right here. So mm-hmm. there you go for the viewing audience. Uh, but this dude, um, you know, changed my life with this because then it was, you know, uh, he was calling me back with the unity consciousness idea and, you know, making claims like Hitler went to heaven and there is no hell and all these things from a guy that was well detached from the church that I was brought up in that produced the parents that I had such a challenge with that forced me to, you know, move out at the time. That's how it appeared, uh, how it appeared to me. Um, and then this guy came along and just said, you know, actually, it's okay. You know, you don't have to be an atheist. And I was really heading down that route, right? I was going the opposite, running as fast the other direction as I could. And this stopped me dead in my tracks and said, actually, like, you don't, you don't have to go down there for very long. So anyway, uh, and then the, one of the greatest joys of my life, honestly, and honors is I had him on, uh, I want to say it was episode 21 on my show, Neil Donald Walsh. Wow. On in the show. Amazing. Yeah, it's great. Oh, it's such a fucking honor, right? So all of that to say that a bunch of crazy shit happened. It led me in an amazing direction. And I have a bunch of perspectives in which I view this place and perspective and perception. And that is reality and all that. That's my thing. That's uh, what I'm very, very interested in. It's how you perceive the world and how it affects the way you experience it, um, which is fascinating and very subjective, remarkably subjective, actually. Uh, I love that. And I love that you bring yeah. that to the podcast. So let's talk about the podcast. I actually didn't really pod that. His podcast is doing really fucking well. Oh, we have well. a show. It's yeah. great. It's, it's fucking great huge. It's, it's like, how long has it been going for now? Two years, you said? Over two years, two, two and some change. We had just episode 200 that dropped uh, recently. Amazing. So Super exciting. Pumped. It was a banger. And you get lots of really interesting people on there. Guys, I was on there. I co-created on, on that there. podcast. You should we definitely have an adorable meet. We have an adorable meet cute story, which we should absolutely share. But yeah, so my thing is, before we share that, I'm a magnet for incredible people. That's my superpower. I'm a magnet for the most amazing, talented, interesting, fucking amazing fucking people. And the thing I do with that then is I go, well, I, I can't just be you know, a magnet for all these incredible fucking people and not share it with everybody, right? So we do the shows. And I just happened to you know, put it out and record it for everybody else is how I see it. And then being able to connect all of these folks together to like get you and to get you who, again, amazing fucking person. And I'm like, oh my God, and again, our story's adorable. And then to be able to put you out there and say, hey guys, check her out. And then, you know, other folks know about you and now you're out there. You're out there exploring consciousness from your perspective with us. And that's something I'm absolutely responsible for here. And I know my calling. And that's part of me being able to give people back to themselves. It's not only the listening audience listening, but the guest as well. Uh, my goal, and I'm sure I told you this, is to have the greatest guest experience which you're rivaling me for by the way young lady i don't know but uh is to make the guests really really want to fucking come back and if we have that connection and that interaction uh then it's fantastic and we can empower each other and free each other to really get out of each other's egos ways which is perfect and then uh really have an honest awesome amazing conversation from a really dope place Amazing. I love that. So what was coming through to ask you actually and then it just it, the trait it was there and then it was you have a lot of um 
you know, you said you got really into the, the conspiracy theories. I feel like this is something to speak about here because I don't do a lot of that talking about that stuff, um, even though it was definitely, for, I think for all of us, it's this entry point into, oh, my fucking God, the Matrix isn't yeah. real. Here are all these things. I'd be interested to know, like, from your perspective, some of the most interesting guests that have come on with interesting conspiracy or things that you've learned that just like blew your fucking mind open or maybe stuff about aliens or you, you have so many cool topics on there that just I remember when I reached out to you I was like I don't know if like what I do is like relevant because he's got all these people on here who are like historians talking about aliens and like all this really all. cool shit yeah. so I was like I don't you're know. cool shit it, <laughs> yeah. you absolutely are on par with the brand you're dope shit yeah. yes I love it um, so what's, I guess, like if something's coming to mind is like one of the coolest things that you learned or like um, what your experience was that, like having all of that, right. And not getting attached to the stories of it or like the falling down that rabbit hole where now you're super suspicious of everything. And I think that's something that might happen to people when they start to awaken, they really fall down this rabbit hole of like the whole government's out to get us. Like, you know, <laughs> everyone's a reptilian alien, like fucking, which, I mean, it's true, but that's Maybe. one level of existence. We can't rule it out. Yeah. Well, yeah, we can't rule it out. Um, but then there's the next level up of like, it's all perfect and it's serving. Actually, before you say this, there's something really interesting. I've been reflecting a lot lately as my mission um, evolves. I think I mentioned on your show, I had some really not so nice shit going on with some lower realm shit. And it was a massive in initiation for me um, within this woman's kind of like, I don't really want to get into the details, but basically I was in this experience and it was all this galactic shit and it was very hectic and there was lots of attacks and all this stuff going on. And the more I'm like moving now into where my mission is taking me, I'm seeing how necessary that experience was. And I'm so fucking grateful. And I'm like, oh, I totally had to have that experience because like without that experience, I wouldn't see so clearly what I'm here for. And even specific things that I learned within that I mean, the way that I learned it was terrible, but like the foundations of what we were learning, I was like, oh, I'm here to take this and do this in a way that isn't shitty and isn't siphoning people. And right. So I don't know why I felt to mention that. It just dropped into my head. But tell me about some of the things that you've, you know, you've received or like people that have come on some of these theories or whatever, whatever ones feel kind of true to you or that what you were like, fuck, that makes so much sense. And like my mind's been blown wide open. God, so much of it. And there's so much to say here. Um, so what I would say to that first and foremost is for the audience that's not super familiar with me and what I do and kind of my thing is um, there's a movie quote, uh, there's a movie actually uh, called Dogma by Kevin Smith. And this was Love made in film. 1999. Thank you, right? I know, super challenging to find. There's a whole thing about it being the only film that doesn't have streaming rights through Warner Brother. They got it and they just locked it up. Anyway, you get to find like bootleg copies on Amazon, but I highly recommend it if you've never watched it. It's called Dogma. Uh, again, by Kevin Smith, the same dude that made uh, the dick and fart joke. And this is not, this is also that, but also it's just this deep stuff. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob and Clerks and all that stuff. Anyway, in that movie, uh, there's a line by a character played by Chris Rock named Rufus. And that line roughly goes is that I don't have beliefs, I have ideas, because ideas are easier to change. And so I'm going to set this up before we go into what I'm about to say next, because it's very important for context. Um, this is why the show's so awesome, by the way, uh, and why I'm such a magnet for incredible people. There's no ego here to prove anybody else wrong. There's no de desire to do so. I am to the point with my understanding, I'm going to get better, more into this with perspective, that um, it doesn't matter like what I think is right or wrong. The way that I view consciousness is different, and the way that I view, I view interactions with what we would call, air quotes, other is different. So uh, if I'm to sit there and say, like, you're wrong and I'm right, and then just die on these hills of doing that constantly and these constant salacious self-promotional things, it just, 
number one, it's exhausting. And I just have so many things going on. Cause yes, like the show is awesome, but I'm also the manager of the band Phi Tribe, the musical group Phi Tribe, which we'll talk about. I also have a publishing house called Redigital Publishing and we're freeing authors all over the place. So there's a lot for me to do. And so for me to get wrapped up in the sensationalism of all of this shit, before I was doing all of this, by the way, was just not something that I've found to be entertaining. So because of that, I'm able to put my shit aside of what I believe because I don't have beliefs. I have ideas because ideas are easier to change. Ideas are just easier, dude. And all a belief is, is an idea you can't stop thinking. You know, you constantly repeat to yourself over and over and over again. But this is also where I've found the greatest damage uh, and illusion and all of that to be found within what we would call society or the matrix or anything like that. It just seems to be that that this dishonestness with one's self uh, about about this whole place and the relationship that they have to it and all of those kind of things uh, are fascinating to me. And so really that's one of the biggest biggest things that I found was just sort of the perspective of this place. Like what the fuck is going on here? Like what are you? What am I? What is the relationship to other? And um, it, it takes you down like the craziest, deepest, most amazing rabbit hole. So with... I uh, got kind of torn off here. Tell me, tell me your last uh, question that you asked there. To be honest, I don't, I don't remember. Oh, like what was okay. one, what was one, what was one like yeah. concept or idea that was presented to you that just blew you. And also I want to say before you say that completely fucking on board ideas can change. Right. And I'm yeah. so big on teaching people this, like the minute we're like, we're right. And we have all the information we can potentially shut off from a whole new level of existence. It's like the truth is so subjective and it depends on where you're standing is what the level of truth is, right? Like there's the divine truth, which is all of the truths combined, every fucking perspective. And then there's your truth, which is like the, that one perspective that you're seeing. So as you evolve, like that truth is going to change. And I so fucking love that because there are things, excuse me, there are things that, um, I believe now, or like I, what you said, um, there are ideas that I have now, which I definitely evolved from where I was. And three months ago, I would have been like, oh, that's, I don't agree with that. And then through my own research, through my own experience or how I've up-leveled in some way, it's like, oh, that's now available to me as a potential. Um, but the minute where like, this is the only truth, this is the one truth, this is like, that's it. That's where your fucking growth gets capped, right? We're limitless beings. We're here to keep expanding. So sorry to say that, but yeah. No, it's perfect. And thank you. You board. got me back yeah. on it. No, no, no. I've got me back <laughs> on it. I appreciate it. Uh, it's been an interesting week and I appreciate that. Um, so yes, uh, what I've found out with this as well is like you said, it's um, temporary truths or something that I've been just kicking around the old noodle lately is this idea of temporary truths. Like everything you discover is a temporary truth. Yes, it's absolutely certain for you in that moment. And it may be the only thing you're looking at, which is why it is so. But even with contextualization, even, even if you have something to compare it to like one or two choices or options of uh, what we call choice points in reality, you can either think there's this flat around or whatever geoengineering is happening or not whatever, any of those things, you get to those choice points. And even when you pick one, you're more intuitively guided to, then those are just truths for you that are that true for a moment. A lot of the things that I've looked at in my 20 plus years of uh, looking into the phenomena, looking into manifestation, uh, spirituality, conspiracies, uh, UFOs, you know, any of this kind of shit, it's led me to the most amazing realizations that number one, I, I think it's all connected. Number two, I think this place is really like a game. It's a it's a fucking ride, you know what I mean? Just with, with all the context and, and all the psychedelics I've done and all that, and take that for what you will. But it, it really feels to me less dire. And um, with that comes sort of these understandings that like truths are only like temporarily so. So again, uh, back to manifestation, for instance, like you need to think, yes, you're going to get a bunch of money by doing these practices to start out, but that's only a temporary truth. But anyone will tell you one level and one 
you'll catch a breath in the same meeting that you'll ignore that it says it's not about the money, it's about the freedom and the feeling, right? And so then you go to that temporary truth and you say, okay, well, it's, it's not about this, it's about that. And which creates this separation or this either or. And you, we do this all the time with everything, you know, with our reality, we're presented with things that are very persistent. And they're like, hey, this is a very real thing, which number one, you can't fucking be sure of. Number two, they say you have either this or that. And it focuses a lot of your attention on making a decision. But again, uh, it's an intuitively guided process. So we think. So with this sort of like either or component, you sort of can get the idea that you're limited, right? Whenever you're presented with things in such a way. Now, I'm not a fan of limitations. I see this place as a yes and, yes and all the time. It's not an either or. And this is again, back to the pers perspective thing, the perceptions. I don't have beliefs, I have ideas because ideas are easier to change. And with this comes the idea that perhaps beliefs are the reason we look around and, and say, holy shit, why is everything like, look gross and icky and why is this being done to children and why is this um you know why are people being treated this way why does this occur with this family and this doesn't so all of these sort of uh apparent disparities within the narrative become very apparent and you're sitting here left with just like a okay well where is it at with this and really i mean all the way down to your perspective, even that changes constantly because there's this thing called your reticular activating system, which I really want to go off on, but I want to ask if you have anything to say here before I do it. Are you familiar with the reticular activating system? You're already ahead of it. I love where you're going with this. And I feel like this is a great tangent for our podcast today. So keep going. <laughs> I'm okay. just like loving it. Yeah. So thank you. And thank you for having me, by the way. You're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's all about perspective. It's all about the way you see it. And by being not hindered to beliefs, I'm able to see this place in a very interesting, myriad, amazing way in a kaleidoscope of options and potentialities. Uh, that That's how I see this. It's not a fixed reality where this is that and this is that. I, I think if anything, the things that I have found in my research anchor to that anything, I don't say, I say anything loosely, I'm going to generalize, but most of the things coming out of that box uh, that you call TV, that you feel like you get a lot of reliable information, that some people feel that they get a lot of reliable information and is yelling at you a lot of things. Now, number one, I view this place as like an attention farm currency thing. So your uh, attention is your only real currency here. They've lied to you and said that it's money or whatever. Um, but really, it's your attention. It's what you're focused on. And there's a minor scope of this in the algorithm on your phone, like what you pay attention to. It doesn't care if it's cat videos. It doesn't care if it's videos on math or building or anything like that. It's just what you focus most on is what reoccurs and everything else goes away. Now, to that point, there's a dope ass thing in your mind called the reticular activating system is it's a bundle of nerves that's responsible for four things, melatonin and a couple other things, which are important as well. But the one I like to focus on the most when talking about the RAS or reticular activating system is the per perception element to it. This is literally defined in, in medical terms by saying that it filters out useless information as to highlight or present further in field useful information. Mm. Now, both of those words, useful and useless, are incredibly subjective. They're up to you what that means, right? And so that's the thing. That, that's the question that everyone should be asking right now. Okay, well, what does my mind consider useful and useless for me to see? Yeah. When we talk about contact and UFO reports and things like this, there'll be people, I just had a woman named Barbara Long on, it's amazing, our episode will be out soon. She was talking about a sighting she had in Michigan in her, in her college in the 60s and that there's this massive UFO that came over and it landed on the baseball field and then when it flew over, she was in the corner of her dorm room and it flew over her dorm room in a way that it blocked out all the light coming in from outside, like a huge shadow 
swept over the room and then swooped out. Bunch of people there saw it, but she was standing there right next to a girl that did not see it. She goes, what the fuck are you talking about? She goes, you didn't see the huge UFO that just blacked out the fucking light coming in the room? She goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. Didn't see anything. Didn't see the light dimming out or anything. What the fuck is that about? That means it's not a vibrational match, or that means that she's not tuned to be able to see those types of things in her reality. She's standing right next to each other. It wasn't useful for this other girl to think that a UFOs are possible, that they could fly around and they could be that close to her and then have a physical impact as far as throw a shadow on the building. But Barbara was very ready for that understanding, and so she got it. So then you ask the question, well, then what around us is useless all the time according to, again, your mind? So your paradigm, your beliefs and experiences are what determine what calibrates your RAS to tell it what's useful. So if you're sitting here saying that new ideas and opportunities and things like of, of that nature are not useful to you because you think you've got it all figured out, they will be absent in your in your fucking void, in your in your morphic field, as it's called. But if you only look around and see possibilities and love and potential and awesome dope shit and allow the universe to surprise you in that way, that is exactly what results. This is why this like like attracts like, this law of assumption, all of these things work on this principle. But again, it's rooted in your perception of what you think is possible. Even if you feel that you can see things around that you would, you, oh, that'd be so cool, but you don't feel worthy of it. Therefore, it's not possible for you. You have a belief around something that anchors you into that experience. It's when you free yourselves from belief at the core that then you're able to actually look at the ideas and represent things to you. I told people for years that daddy long legs were the most venomous spiders in the world, but they couldn't penetrate your skin because the fangs, uh, our skin's too tough for the fangs, okay? I heard that on a movie and passed it around willy-nilly as fact. It's not fucking true, <laughs> but it's only when you go back and re-examine shit like that. Like, what am I even passing around? Now, when you venture on this exercise, yourself is awesome. Your higher self, your you, whatever you want to say it as, but it fucking knows, and it's going to start bringing things up to you to then have you hear them out loud under this perspective. And you'll go, holy shit. And you've been believing things. You've been believing that the way that you've been treating your children, because that's the way you were raised is the right way to do it. And then you get this understanding of like, holy shit, actually I was raised that way. So I could be strong enough to be gentle. And so that I could raise them in a way that I didn't need to repeat that because they're not looking forward to the future that I was looking forward to. They're looking forward to the ones that we're creating for them. And we can't do that with the same level of thinking that beat the shit out of me when I was a kid. So to these different things, as far as perspective goes, it's all about perception. We've seen this uh, six and nine, like it's a six laying on the ground sideways for you, the viewer. But there are two characters standing on either side of it. From their perspectives, it's either a six or a nine. If both of them are standing there yelling at each other, this is how I see our entire fucking reality. There are so many what's called dichotomies, uh, two completely Love that truthful yeah. things existing in the same place at the same time. I learned it in that book, Conversations with God. Two completely different things that are absolutely untrue together or absolutely true by themselves that contradict one another, but they absolutely exist in the same space and time. What the fuck is that about? This place is way more that way than anybody really, I think, looks at at a core. And that's what really I'm, I'm very interested in and talking about and stuff like that. Hi, beautiful soul. Allow me to interrupt this broadcast for just a second. If you're a soulpreneur on a sacred mission or just someone looking to connect with their soul purpose, their gifts and their multidimensional self, I have something I am so excited to share with you. The Soul Mission Accelerator is possibly my most groundbreaking and expansive work yet. 
It contains 12 low-cost, high-potency sacred activations that will have you shifting through old limitations, patterns, karmic loops, and blockages at quantum speeds. These activations will support you with everything you require energetically to anchor in the timeline and reality you desire to create. If that means more soul clients, tribe, opportunities, and abundance, or just to anchor a soul purpose that is fulfilling and effortlessly abundant. You can grab $44 off the total price by using the code CRACKED open in capital letters in the checkout or grab each activation individually as they call to your soul now let's get back to this episode yeah it's the what, what i that last part about the dichotomy for me it's that when you move beyond the it's this or that the polarity of like it's one opposite or one opposite you see that they're all part of the same fucking thing right and yeah. so even like i said earlier with that experience that i had that was a deeply positive experience, even though it was deeply painful and shitty. It was also deeply liberating and amazing. And like, even like you said, we've had some shitty lifetimes doing some shitty shit. It was so necessary, right? Because it's, it's part of that one whole. That's how I perceive that in the framework. And I love what you were saying about the, um, what did you say? Reticular. Oh, reticular activating system, your RAS. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. What it also reminded me of, and this is a slightly different kind of twist on it. When I was studying psychology, fun fact, guys, I studied psychology briefly. Um, I was learning about, uh, I think it's confirmation bias, where you only see what you just like what you want to see. So you generalize and, and delete and distort based on what you want to see. And you make general, like sweeping, de- your brain makes sweeping generalizations about things and people based on your belief. And it's like something in our, it's when we receive cognitive cognitive dissonance which is like when a new idea is presented to us that completely fucking negates all of our beliefs and we just shut down and we're like no and so I feel like a lot of people are still in that phase of cognitive dissonance when like it's so obvious the things that are happening or whatever that is and they just shut down and they're like no I'm not I can't receive that and so I like that is too much of a paradigm shift for me that I just refuse to even accept that as true right so the invitation I think for the audience is like realizing and recognizing that this is just a a mirror <laughs> like everything that you're seeing in your reality is a mirror to your internal stuff and when something is showing up that's so fucking far out there and like is challenging your paradigm or challenging your system ask yourself like what part of me why do I have resistance to this right because when we have something I've noticed recently is wherever I have resistance seems to be where I'm meant to be going right whenever I'm like fuck no I won't get a job fuck no I don't I'm not (laughs) I remember I used to make fun of people who talked about aliens and and like grid work and all this stuff and I used to be like oh my god that's like so out there like that's crazy and this happened so many times where I've had like super resistance to something and I've been like no 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 I could never no 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 that's that's wild and it's usually because it's what the truth is or my truth in that moment that I need to accept and embrace but my denial of it is usually telling me hey there's something here for me to look at so can you look at like where you have these strong feelings of resistance or like yeah resistance is the only word that I can use and be like that's a an opportunity for you to alchemize something within you which is not love right because anytime we're pushing something away we're not accepting that and like moving past polarities the acceptance of everything is it just is and it's perfect so if you're like fiercely against something you need to look at why am I fiercely against that? Like what, what is in me that's creating that story? And like, where is there maybe truth in that? And I'm not saying like, then be on board with like fucked up shit because you're fiercely resisting it and it's not pure, but like even the fucked up shit has its purpose, yeah. right? So that's where I was feeling into for that. I love everything that you've offered there. My, dra- my brain is drawing a blank. Let me see kind of what wants to move through. Um, what do you think is the next place? Like, so you've 
obviously like have quite an awareness around all these different um things that are coming in what's the next evolution for you do you feel like with all this stuff is it just being able to receive it and be like oh that's an interesting concept and I wonder like how much of that is true or is it embodying it like what's the next is that a bad question? I feel like that might not be at all. A no, a not, no, no a bad not. question. No, 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 <laughs> no, no bad question. So is it just, just to clarify, is it just further what, how I take that idea a little bit further? Like how do I get yeah. presented with new ideas yeah, yeah. and integrate them into my, yeah. uh, the way that I would look at something like that would be to just be like presented with a new idea, let's say. Uh, then you just sit with it and you say, okay, maybe, you know, uh, maybe is a beautiful word. It commits you to nothing. One of the best uh, pieces of advice I ever got is when you don't have to make a decision, don't. And so if you're being presented with something like this president's doing this thing and you should feel this way about it because you live in this country, well, maybe, you know what I mean? But also you'd have to ask the motives of like, why does that person need your support so bad for some shit that uh, we got nothing to do with? Like um, a lot of the big stuff that we're told is big, they, they just kind of like run into your life. You know, they run over and they, or they attempt to, they have no fucking, there's no welcome out in my life for them. So I don't, I don't hear from them anymore. But for a lot of folks, they just bombard themselves into your fucking life. And they're just like, ah, here I fucking am, you know, listen to what I have to say. And again, with that, it just retracts. It just, it should pull you away from those kinds of things. Now to what you said about the, the sort of the idea of being, of pushing away something the vision that came in when you were saying this is a beautiful one. As you push something away, have you ever um, seen those things? That, I mean, well, here's just an example. Let's say that as you push this thing away, it's on a spiral underneath you. And the more that you push it away, the more that it comes around to hit you in the back of the head. And really, it's not like you're moving away from it. It's like just those that pogo you're sticks? bludgeoning like the ones, yourself. The in. ones that you hit with the ball, like on the stick. <laughs> That's what I've yeah. got in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Pogo it kind of comes back around. Whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, the audience, we all are sharing the vision now. And so to, <laughs> uh, to that, though, then you, you greet new experiences and you kind of say, okay, well, this, this looks like this in my paradigm. Where, where can I, you know, where can it be useful? And again, with a lot of the things out there, it's just yelling at you to distract you in this world of delusion. I'm, I, I will quote Crow777 on this. Just had him on the 200th. He's an incredible guy. I highly recommend everybody check this dude out. And he talks about this as being not the age of information, but the age of delusion and uh, human vibration on the same episode, same thing. It's, it's, a, it's a sweeping wave of just noise is how you see it. Now, this is the point to where the closing of the eyes, the just sort of really going within, this is when this has never been more valuable for me. So to what you say about new information entering and me alchemizing it, it's usually some shit that I am ready to have. I'm, I'm to a place with myself, to be honest with you, Beck, that the, the things popping up that I need to fix or heal from or anything like that, I'm, I'm good. You know, I feel wonderful. I know that there are parts of me that I've alchemized in the shadow self and all of those kinds of things. So when new things come up, I'm really at an energetic match for them just to be what's next in front of me. Now, also, I'm a generator, right, in human design. And so I'm told, I've done much research into it, but several people have been, oh, you're a generator. That's why you're blah, blah, blah. Like they read me as that several independent people. So what I will say to that is their opinion is my job is to just sort of whatever's in front of me, that's what I deal with. And that's what I work with. So I really have known this about myself. So I don't really plan too far ahead. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the flexibility because then what comes up, I'm not in a restrictive sort of like, this is how it's got to be mode. And I've, I got out of that. Thank God it's just surrender, you know, in this flow, which is so much easier. And again, I know, you know, sort of me and my tendency. So 
uh, through all of that, what I would say is, is that with new information, if it's here in my present morphic field, it's because I've created it. And I know that things that aren't here or that dip in from an old reality simply to remind me perhaps of that maybe there's still an integrated older version of me that maybe has some questions about what's going on or maybe it's been put on somebody I find valuables radar and so therefore maybe I'll give it an extra look kind of a thing but I have separated myself from the nomenclature of conspiracy theorists a long time ago and uh, what I now am um, absolutely proud to wear is conspiracy analysts. Like, I'll absolutely look at this shit. Like, I, I could sit here with that airplane that was in Afghanistan. Do you remember that? I don't really follow news or anything. Like, I just completely, which is not very responsible, but my, my, um, my guidance system is like, do not, anything going on out there, just do not even engage. And it's here and that's it. But I'm sure that you know, you have, you can tell us all what that was for people who are well, like me that don't watch the news. <laughs> well, I mean, I can, I can bring it up. I can actually pull it up and share screen if you want. Um, we could do just a little of that. I don't know. Yeah. That's something you I need do. to um, hold on. Let me pause for a second. That's awesome. Okay. So if I may, I'm going to share screen here and I'm going to show you um, something that I found having to do with that. Now uh, for this, this is the Afghanistan plane. And this was the uh, plane that allegedly um, was taken over by hydrogen or a bunch of people were riding on the side of as it was flying out of Afghanistan to escape the perils and the tyranny and all of that going on. Now, I'm not saying that none of that was going on, but what I will say is to point out something interesting is this is what I kind of look at. So this was the video, of course, where they wanted you to think that these were people falling from this thing, but we can actually skip this step of it even being in the air with people on it to show you that that plane never took off with anybody on it. And that this plane actually is not even a plane at all. I'll show mm. you. So with this, this is again where I am with the conspiracy analysts. Do I know they're lying? Absolutely. Do I stay up at night and go, oh, they're, they're going to take my guns? No, I absolutely do not. It does not rule my life in one way whatsoever. That's the separation between theorists and um, analysts. I, I don't. So World War II, um, General Patton is famous for having this uh, infantry of folks, this brigade of people who were actors. What they did was is that they fashioned a shitload of tanks, airplanes, uh, radar installations, all of these things, uh, trucks, all of this stuff, airplanes. Look at these. Uh, here, there's a modern example. So this never stopped of inflatable, and yeah, inflatable tanks. Mm -hmm. What this did was is enemy aircraft that were flying above, they would report that there was this whole huge bunch of fucking tanks and airplanes, like people walking around. So they had actors just walk around in uniforms and then they would go, oh God, we can't do this. And this is what they did as a decoy uh, during the Battle of Normandy. This was a very effective tactic. This is World War II. So we're talking 40s. Now they still develop this. Look at these guys uh, doing this and just carrying them around. See? So one of the things to note with this is look how, you know, from, from the air, look how realistic, or at least from a distance, how realistic mm. that looks. And again, that's in the 40s. Now you look at this thing, that's inflatable. Again, you can see the ripples it's in somebody's backyard, it looks like, not mili military quality. But let me show you a really interesting military quality inflatable. Here's one. That's fascinating. Yeah. So let me show you a really interesting military inflatable. Here's one. Wow. Now, yeah. now why this is one is because of this right here. First of all, uh, U.S. Air Force uh, C-17 airplanes would never, ever, under any orders, anything, take off with anyone like this. Number one, nobody like this would be allowed on airstrips like that, is my understanding, and I know folks in the military. Now, are there overrun situations? Sure. But do these people look like they're scared and desperate to get out of a country, or do they look like they're cheering? 
and clapping and running alongside of this gleefully. They have no items with them. They look like they've just come out to see a show. One important thing to note here is the nomenclature. So you have 46, 46 president. Then you have 9-11 backwards here, which is pretty interesting. Uh, then you also have the shine on the windows should be the fact that you could see in these damn things. And they should have a lining right here. And I'll show you some other pictures of aircraft that are actual aircraft that do display that. Another thing is these people aren't running underneath it. Look at this thing. They're carrying it just mm -hmm. like these soldiers were when they were carrying these things. Uh, here. Yeah. Fuck me dead. There you go. <laughs> this is what's going on here. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Now, another thing to note on this is the lack of fucking engine in the middle of this goddamn thing, which <laughs> they didn't think. Engine. <laughs> yeah, they didn't think uh, would be important even to Photoshop in, which I find interesting. Now, another thing is, again, the sheen on the windows. I just kind of want to point this out, that it doesn't change the sheen does not change surfaces here. Okay, so it goes from it's the same surface, even though it's two colors. So it's not a wind glass and then metal. That's what I'm saying. Another thing is these little um, areas, uh, again, inflated. So what you can then say was, is great. Those videos that they showed us of those people falling off of this damn thing didn't happen because no aircraft would take off like that. Uh, and even more to the implausibility of it uh, is the fact, again, all the things that we just saw on there for the, there's the sheen again on this mm -hmm. official from the news. These people are carrying this thing. They're not running to try to get on it. So these are the kind of things that I find interesting. And again, whenever you look at it, then you can say, oh, well, it's been, it's an example. We have it in an example in real life. And then it's right here. Why would it, why would we be fooled by it again? Well, I wasn't fooled by it. There were a lot of people that weren't fooled by it. Many, many more that weren't than the uh, Nazi aircraft that were flying over this in World War II. So we have a better vision now for things like this. And now that I've shown you, you guys can't unsee this. Now you can't explain why there's if no nothing else that i've said is here the sheen on the window the fact you can't see in the windows no surface reflects like that that's glass uh and then also the lack of engines in either um wheel there so um either housing it's it's just interesting but again this is what we call a choice point back like what we were talking about now this may shatter somebody's reality this may be you know what the fuck are you talking about here this kid this guy whatever um but here it is. This is my assessment of it. I'm not saying I'm right or wrong, and I have no dog in the fight either. I don't care. This doesn't have anything to do with my life. And it's actually, if nothing else, it does prove to be what I'm saying here. It has higher implications, right? So then what, it, that you, what you would ask is if this dude is true and the fact that there is a missing engine here, okay, I'll hear him out. And the 9-11 on the thing is pretty interesting too. Okay, I get the symbolism and stuff. Then what this means is that they want you to believe that this is real. And that your government or our government at least says that this is absolutely what's going on. Now, all the governments of the world, by the way, reported on this. So yours did, mine did, UK, mm -hmm. everybody. So why? You know, what is this all about? In my mind, it's perception management. It's the ability to hijack your ability to focus on your true self and attend your garden. And that's all shit like that represents to me. It's options of experience in this amazing matrix place of wonderland and experience. And that's all it is. It's just a fucking game of make em ups but we're to the point to where it's being so revealed as such that it can't be ignored anymore and that's what i feel this uh query you know the age of aquarius and all those kind of things are and a lot of folks you know say that uh we're here to witness such things but i don't believe that to be true at all and i throw the b word in with this very strongly uh, i believe and we all know how i feel about that word i believe that we are here that the shift is happening because we're here not the other way around we're not here to witness it it happened because we chose to show up right now, and this is why it's happening.
Mm. There's lots of interesting, yeah, interesting things that was coming through that for me. I remember learning about all of that stuff as well. I don't know, was it in school? Something where we were learning about media. I think it was in, I, I did a media and communications degree and we were learning about how the media controls your perception and like what, you know, what images they're presenting and how, how they could be interpreted differently if you were looking with a different framework. And I think the word that was coming through for me was discernment on like when something's being presented to you, can you discern with using your own channel, using your own guidance system, using your own sense of truth, does this feel true to me? And it takes me back to like when everything went down in 2020 with all that shit that happened, something in me was screaming like, no, (laughs) just like, no, like this is all bullshit. I had my whole family on the phone being like, come back from Bali. I just left Australia like the week that this all blew up. And they were all like, you need to come home now. Like this thing is like taking off. Like you're not going to get home. I had the government emailing me every day. Like you're going to be locked out of Australia, which did happen. Right. (laughs) And (laughs) that was true. It did happen for two years and you know, it was perfect. Um, But I had to. Good riddance. Yeah. I did literally. I was like, fuck Australia. I'm never coming back here. I'm going to excommunicate myself from all of them and cut up all my Australian things. But uh, I got over that. Obviously, I'm here. The kangaroos are adorable. (laughs) Exactly. I love kangaroos. Um, But there was this moment where I had to be like, do I trust the narrative and like what is being pushed towards me and what they're telling me to believe and think? Or do I trust my internal stuff? And it's interesting. We were talking about UFOs late earlier because I feel like there's been shit tons of fucking research coming out now. Isn't it funny that it's all coming out now? But like it's all coming out about how they have created or like learned from real ufo sightings and real ufo interactions they've learned about um the hardware the the ships the whatever that they have and they've started to mimic and create these um i'm talking about the government right the u.s government you might you're probably you're i reckon you allegedly yeah 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 so but right in my perception my perception of that is like to what end like what is the why why would they want to have this stuff Um, and why is this all coming out now like it's that skepticism right I think it's a really good thing to be fucking skeptical sometimes and question everything I'm like why 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 are you suddenly interested in putting this stuff out there is this a tactic a hysterical thing that you're going to do sorry something to create hysteria within us being like oh they're the enemy they're coming to get us and now have fake UFO ships coming to attack people I spoke about this in a recent episode my favorite yeah right i'd love to talk about this because i feel like you have some really cool um perceptions because my like i am literally a fucking alien right and there's like the more i realize that the more i like own that and claim that i'm like i'm not i'm not like i am human i'm in a human body but i'm an alien right and the aliens that i channel and i work with they're so benevolent and loving and kind and if you watch any stephen greer stuff you know he talks about um encounters of the fifth kind where they interface with these aliens and they have this communication with them um they call in beings extraterrestrial beings through this meditation protocol and there's it's it's to make peaceful contact right and every time they have these interactions it's a beautiful experience you hear about joe dispenza people who have been to his retreats they talk about blue aliens running around healing people right so that's my my relationship to aliens and how i and i was watching an alien movie with my mom yesterday night and i was like why are they always fucking paint them to be so mean and like they want to hurt us and kill us and it's like it's it's tactical right it's fucking tactical um which is probably why i had a lot of resistance to even admitting that i was channeling aliens for a long time because i was like they're bad they're the other they're you know so i'm interested if anything is coming up for you around that like this agenda now that we see of like all this ufo stuff being released suddenly and i feel like they do they definitely have the government has stuff to mimic a alien attack or ufo attack they have all the the 
resources now to do that because they've studied them and they see how they move or whatever it is. Um, I'm sure that you've had some interesting stuff drop in or like talking to people about this sort of stuff. Thought a lot about it. A lot about it. Two words, perception management on anything, right? If they're telling you something, it's because they, whatever they are coming out of that box, if it's scheduled programming, they want you to know it. And therefore they want you to think about it in a certain way. And your Mm. questioning is apt and I love you to death. And this is why like we're absolutely on par and connected here because yes, that line of questioning, first of all, question everything, then go on. Uh, That is, thank you. I will echo that with you. Secondly, so always, whenever you look at this uh, in the news, who are they putting up? Are they putting up people like me and you? Are they putting up people that say that they're in contact with them or that have had actual contact and that don't wear a military uniform or anything like that? No. What they're putting forth is military experts that are here telling you that uh, what their interpretation of it from their high-tech gear that they've been able to surveil. And then they're dropping a little bit of, yeah, we've been known about it for a little while. It's, it's a couple of schools of thought on this. And so this will be a divergent, but we'll, we'll bring it back home, I'm sure. So with this, I would say that the perception management to this would be the way that you view what aliens are, okay? So let's say that aliens, let's say that we look at them for what they're being framed as, as there are other things that come from somewhere else via a technology that we don't understand, right? It's how it's even being dripped out because they're sitting here commenting on flight capabilities and, oh, we don't have anything that could and blah, blah, blah. Well, those are obvious uh, examples of things that they're putting forth to you. But if anybody saw the National Press Club meeting, they sat there and told you a bunch of things to where we got to the point where they were starting to ask some questions. And then we'd be like, yes, they'd go, oh, yeah, we saved that for the for the private meeting after the classified meeting. So it's like, OK, so what they're doing is that they're framing that there's more to the conversation to be had right behind closed doors, which then just breeds speculation. And then amongst that speculation, they drop seeds of here's what we think, again, military, 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 then the conversation just simply because it's a general standing there in front of an F-16 gives the mental perception. Again, like we said, it's a a perception managed from the top down, from how many flags are behind him, from how many people are standing there, from the dude's name, reading the question off to the guy, right? All numerically, all of it's fucking important. Notice the days that they do this shit on as well, astrologically days of importance for pagan religions, for any satanic religions. Look at to, look at what they're doing. Again, the numbers that they're coming up with because they're not actual data numbers. There's code, there's symbolism. And when you can really see it like this, it's, it's a fascinating interaction that you find with this. So again, to the UFO conversation being had in the media right now, first of all, there's so many people here who have been working on it for so long that are very upset that it took them this long to start talking about it. And that's where they've anchored. And that's where they are. Well, it's about time. And oh my God, I've been saying this. And can you believe? And okay. But also there's a little element to let's just move on, right? Like, okay, we've got the conversation going. So let's have it in a cool way. Instead of like, oh, they've known about it for, yeah, we know. Okay, we know. But what I'm saying here is, is that even then they constantly keep you thinking that it's separate from them. So first of all, this is a first vein of thinking that will go on here, which is breakaway civilization that really, if humans are the only things here, and this presupposes a lot, if humans are the only things here, then humans at some level have broken away with technology, either given to them by something that was dropped here accidentally, or that they dug up from something that was dropped here a long fucking time ago, or who knows. And then that humanity, bit of humanity, air quotes, uh, was able to then form technology but then they could see in their fellow man that was like who knows like um 
you know, throwing up, pissing in the street, stuff like that, stabbing each other and stuff like that. And they're like, well, fuck me dead. Like, because one, my understanding with this is once you understand anti-gravity, that's not just like, a, oh, we can fly around now. No, it's like time travel, interdimensional travel, like multiverse travel. Like there's many things that you unlock with that one understanding and it's all tied together, which is why it's so closely guarded, if you will, as the narrative goes. So again, maybe there's a whole sect of uh, humanity that's broken off and maybe living somewhere else. If space is a thing, then maybe they're on the moon or on Mars or something like that. And then again, this presupposes a lot, right? Even these veins of thinking presuppose many, many things that I still have questions about. What are we? What is this place? Uh, is the earth even what we say it is? You know, um, all of those kinds of things. And so you split off into that vein. Now, another one would be, so to the, to finalize that point, whatever they're saying, they don't know what it is. They know exactly what it is. And that all the governments of the world are in cahoots. They're all in conjunction with one another. Fake wars are absolutely fucking fake. And even though there's what we're told is life loss, and I feel horrible for anyone that connects with this on a level that is difficult for uh, to emotionally understand in this conversation, but I feel that a lot of people in this um, audience understand the type of conversation that we're having here. So to that, uh, you if you can separate out from all of the all of the shit, then you could say that maybe it's just all human stuff. And maybe it's just all human tech flying around. There are drones that were shown back in the 50s, which means that they were developed earlier, meaning they could be like the little Foo Fighters that World War II air pilot air pilots saw. Uh, and to that, then they could have been around for a very long time and then been man-made admittingly, or man could have taken credit for something that was alien in origin back then and just told us that it was all for then to then be just a seed of doubt on where it came from. Do you see how fucking convoluted mm. and wicked this thing gets? Uh, and so if we introduce then maybe an extraterrestrial species to this, who's to say that they're not native to this place and have always been here and still are? There's a fuckload of ocean here. There's a fuckload of things that we've seen this craft do where they could be living under there. There could be hidden islands out in the middle of the fucking... The Atlantis could still be out there just floating around. They just tell you that it's not. Or they fly over it real quick, maybe with some cloud cover. Maybe it's got a mist around it all the time. Like there's all sorts of amazing shit here where things could still hide, things could still be here. So they don't necessarily need to be from other places for there to be high technology and a completely different looking, air quotes, race of things here, right? So to that, uh, then you roll into, um, yeah, maybe they are from some other planet or maybe they're just living on the moon and maybe the moon's really a big spaceship that was brought here and hollowed out and all that kind of shit because people write, about a time before the moon. And then you ask yourself, well, I thought the moon was, life was dependent on the moon, but obviously if people are scratching on in stones that it wasn't, then it wasn't. So what the fuck is that? You know what I mean? So again, this takes you in some interesting rabbit holes. Another one then would be, um, I love, and I, man, I, I still love this concept because it gave me this like whimsy of a UFO uh, topic. And this is going to further answer an earlier question you had about just something really cool um, that I, uh, they may be future humans coming back in time machines. Have you heard about this? I haven't, but I've like, I've seen movies and I'm like, oh, that's, that's, I reckon that's a fucking thing for sure. Like at some point we've nailed this stuff. Like some of us already time traveling, just not with our bodies. Right. So yeah. Possibility. I mean, we're time traveling now every second air quotes that goes by that we perceive as going by. Uh, We're doing that. Right. And, and furthermore to that reality, uh, the way that I see it could be that all of these things are absolutely simultaneously true. None of them Mm -hmm. need to be independent of each other. Right. Um, because even man could have made things exclusionary of an extraterrestrial force, thought they were the only ones, and by their using these things and flying them around, having developed them on themselves, it could have attracted the attention of something else, and now they don't know how to tell anybody about it, that it's their toys that have been manipulating the public for so long, right? Anyway, uh, so then the future humans and time machines are 
that's that's fucking awesome. I had a guy named uh, Dr. Michael P. Masters on. This is a biological anthropologist. He works. Um, he's a tenured professor at um, Montana Tech University in Butte, Montana. And this dude studies ancient hominids, like studies our skeletons that go back through time. And what he noticed with the skeletons that go back through time that he's been studying for a long fucking time, tenured professor, that the reports of contactees, as far as like the entities being bipedal and upright and having two arms, two legs, like a torso, like a head, what that, you know, like what the fuck is that about? That's not even the best design in the universe. So why are reptilians, mantis beings, greys, you know, any other being, even us on this terrestrial planet, fucking around with this bipedal shit, right? To what you said about us being the aliens, this is an incredibly interesting thing because we could be transplanted aliens here, you know, sort mm -hmm. of the wiped of amnesia, only take a generation to do this thing. Uh, there's this thing called the foundlings where like 10, hundreds of thousands of children were just bust across, orphan children were just bust across the US in the early 1800s. Like, what's that about? Like, where where did all these fucking kids come from? Maybe they're all hybrids that were landed here on a UFO and just sent out and then they just shipped them off to go work on farms and shit and now completely assimilate into the public. Who knows? You know I mean? It takes a bunch of fucking fun rabbit holes, which is why I love this. Like I've, I've got no like stake in the game. I've got no, like I've got preferences, I suppose, but really, I mean, I'm even to the point now to where it could be a psychosemantic phenomenon. It just could be everybody just, it's a game of make em ups and really you're creating all this shit with your mind anyway. And that's the level of interaction that appealed to the part of consciousness that wants that level of interaction. This is why, again, some people see it, some people don't, standing right next to whatever some person perceived. So then you ask, well, did it happen at all? Did the person that didn't see anything actually not see something because there was nothing going on or that the person that saw something is actually insane or that something's going on with their head or that they should get something looked at? You know, I mean, there's in either way, both are correct, you see? It's a fascinating uh, thing. And this is what gives me so much grace with people, you know, and I'm very, I've got a long fuse when it comes to folks. Like I don't get twisted easy. I see everybody out here is just me, you know, doing the best they can to figure it out and that we're all just sort of walking each other home here. Um, and so it's easier for me to adapt these sort of ideas and even, you know, be presented with new ones and integrate them easily. Cause again, Beck, I'm a yes. And I'm a fuck. Yeah. Aliens can be this. And they can be fucking mm -hmm. time travelers. I had a guy on, um, I'll flash give him a little shout out this is actually an aussie uh he's over there ryan musgrave evans have you ever heard of him? i have not no oh my god you've got to get this guy on look at him he's a oh. fucking save some pussy for the rest of us am i right look at that guy. <laughs> i love ryan so much his book this dude is fascinating so his book first of all they have like a technology this is what they are crypto terrestrial so they're from here but they're from a timeline in the they're from a future version of man's time man's okay they're future man, but in a different timeline that right. came back to our timeline to their past, but in a different timeline. It's fucking awesome. And this dude gets abducted like 80 times a year. It's fucking amazing. So uh, I would absolutely connect you with him and have him on. He's a delight. Interdimensional is another one. If you have time travel interdimensional, that's kind of the same thing anyway. And again, a psychosemantic phenomena. Who's to say that the UFO and their occupants aren't really just you and that you aren't a hybrid or a split like representative of them on earth and that they're tapped into you constantly. Cause there's this theory that this body is just a vessel that we're an inhabitant of consciousness, which we, none of us disagree with, but then you would say, well, what is that fixed to like, is it limited for all human bodies to be just what we think we are, you know, or could some aliens be walking around in bodies like in the matrix, the Mr. Smith effect, where they can just inhabit mm -hmm. motherfuckers at will. And we have examples of this uh, with possession and things like that. Maybe it's just other entities inhabiting these vessels. 
which then leads you to like NPCs and shit that maybe I was about to say, yeah, I was thinking about NPCs. Real people here. Sims, yeah. I've, yeah. So I've thought about this in the NPC, like sort of what the awakening was, is perhaps there was a shitload of, you know, or the population of NPC percentage wise was ex- exuberant. It was, it was over 50%. But let's say now that what the awakening is, is just mindful souls inhabiting these once, you know, uninhabited bodies that were just on autopilot ready for them. For several people tell me, uh, reaching out, I don't remember anything past four years ago when I had my spiritual awakening. I don't remember anything past 10 years ago when I had my spiritual awakening. Like they had these massive major moments happen and then they woke up in their Mm -hmm. body and just Mm -hmm. have this life. Like, what's that about? You know, maybe that's Mm -hmm. what this is at a level. We're all just sort of building these vessels as strong as we can moment to moment to be inhabited on a on a cycle, almost like a pulse, you know what I mean? Our highest self or our whatever self or a vibrational match to pulses in constantly. Mm-hmm. So it's like this kinetic flicker of inhabitation all the time, but maybe something can slip in, you know? That feels true to me. Anyway, that feels like my experience has felt like I'm very much like have this human part of me, but there's something else always like there or working through me and connecting to other places and all of that stuff. That's how I feel that to be like, the more I let go of the human, it's not let go of the humanness. I don't want to say that. The more I let go of the identity level stuff, hey. the more of that is available. And um, I think I think that's true. The other thing that came into my mind as you were talking about that is completely different concept, but walk-ins, um, yeah. not Christopher Walken, <laughs> but like walk-ins, like someone who I've had, I've met a few people like this, um, something happened and just like that they just became this different person and it's literally a soul swapped through their body i don't know if they're legit or anything have you heard any stories about walk-ins I, for some reason that dropped in it's like walk-ins talk about walk-ins. oh yeah big time and actually there's something i need to talk to you about off air that i'm noting here um and yes okay so there's a lot of different thoughts about um walk-ins and one of the interesting parts about that is i was like delegated them relegated them rather to sort of like an ancient ancestor like another historical figure or like uh thomas jefferson was stepping in you for a minute or that you were inhabiting like um another version of yourself from another uh past life or something like that you know um but what's interesting about this is also you know then then the conversation i mean this was years ago too the conversation then even expanded to ghosts and that maybe like you could be inhabited in these in-between zones like when you're unconscious in a coma for instance Mm. a lot of people will uh, some people will suffer this trauma where they have a near-death experience or go into a coma or something like that and then they'll come back is how they put it into their body because they're gone for a time. They come back and they're different. They're, their food tastes change. Uh, they're, they can now play an instrument. They can now speak fluently in a language in a country they've never been to and never heard the language. Like very interesting things like this. So what is that phenomena about, right? Mm. So now uh, there's somebody named Sheila Seppi who I highly recommend you should check out. She runs the Conscious Awakening Consciousness Network. And um, she is a walk-in. She has an incredible story where she walked into a body and like assumed this life. There are other people who report having a horrible car wreck, for instance, and then they'll have an injury to where they lose an arm. And they'll, at some interim in there, have a conversation with something and say, look, I'm done with this. Like, I don't want to continue. Like, my life wasn't that great anyway. That's why I got drunk and got in that car wreck, right? So I'm tapping out. And they can tap out. But then some other soul or some other representative just super pumped about the experience can hop the fuck in and nubby armed and all and just be high nubbing everyone, running around high-fiving because they're pumped to be in a body. So it's these elements of perspective. But again, it, this, is, this is to say that, that we're saying that humans maybe 
are the ones that are only here and that can be inhabited. And then this is also to say that everything you feast your eyes on is a human at all and not just some sort of number one figment of your imagination or two, some sort of illusion, you know, just some mm. sort of mass that's being projected into your consciousness. Because who's to say, like, from the perspective of this being, this body that you are in this inhabitation, that every single other one of us is like a horrific monster, like a horrific fucking monster, right? But all of, but your RAS or your reticular activating system, just like omitting the end of your nose whenever you're looking, because your end of your nose is constantly visible to you 100% of the time, but your mind mm -hmm. finds it useless to be there all the time, therefore omits it. So what if there's a shitload of that stuff going around? What if all of us look like fucking demons? Uh, and uh, there's an awesome book about it. Uh, and they come down like these amazing aliens, but they all look like Satan. And they don't want to show themselves right away because of our perception of what society has said Satan is, right? And so then, then you're faced with those challenges. Like, what if it's really just an apprehension of your perception at a level just so it doesn't scare the fucking shit out of you and so mm -hmm. that you can have your shit together enough to do what we call the 3D experience? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, also, this could perhaps be true for what we call aliens or the phenomena. Maybe it's just something so goddamn terrifying that we put a screen memory as, to safeguard our own psyche and sanity and we project it out to be something else. There's something in the contact phenomena called screen memories and those are allegedly implanted memories or alterations to your perceptive ability of consciousness like your ability to perceive and look at shit and uh, where contactees will say you know i saw this owl and then i had like three hours of missing time i don't know what the fuck it was and they go into hypnotic regression turns out there wasn't an owl at all it was an alien okay so why didn't they see the alien first the questions mm -hmm. then are did the alien put the owl memory in the guy's mind or that person's mind to make them look like that did they physically turn into an owl and they can shapeshift in some way or was it just so radically different to what you experience in your everyday life that your paradigm couldn't come to terms yes. with seeing something like that and so therefore it projected something on that you could deal with and then blacked you out mm. and maybe that's what missing time is maybe it isn't a technology maybe it's just some people being greeted with this experience that freak the fuck out and then they pass out they oh, you're an owl and then they pass out this reminds me like, of, um, oh, shit, we thought you wanted this, dude. What the fuck? You know? Yeah. This reminds me of a book I was reading earlier this year, Timothy Wiley, uh, something about the watches. He talks about like a, an angelic race of like watches basically. And they come in and inhabit human bodies. And they're this reincarnation of these watch alien angels, whatever it is. Right. And this rebellion against cool. Lucifer. And it's like, that's the whole thing. But in this awesome. book, it's channeled and um, his angel or his watcher, talks to him through this book and it's her reflecting through him of his experience and she was talking about when he was younger and not kind of available open for this stuff he had this terrifying imagery of he woke up in the middle of the night and there was this black figure at the end of his bed and he was like fuck that's so scary oh my god and he shut it down and she was saying actually that was me but the way yeah. that your brain interpreted that was that it freaked out and I think back to like my awakening and when I started like seeing and hearing things seeing not so much but hearing and feeling things and my guides were telling me, like, if we were to bring on all of your sight now, you would shit yourself. Like, yeah. you would literally think that you're going insane and you would fucking lose it and you would be no help to anyone. And that's why you don't see. Because some of the things that you feel, maybe you don't want a visual representation, but also because of all this subconscious programming around aliens and all this stuff, I'd be afraid. Like, if one of my guides or the beings that I work with literally showed up and was, like, their true form, I think I'd shit myself. Like, and that's a fucking truth. I work yeah. with dragons. Like I work with fucking dragons. If a dragon was to suddenly appear in its full form in my room, I would probably shit myself, right? So it's like, 
Um, I totally understand that. And I totally would understand the necessity for them to come and either wipe that memory or just come in a different form because we as humans still carry around so much fear and so much programming and so much of this shit. Um, There was another point I was going to say, but it looks like you have something to say. Go ahead. I'm just listening. I have so much to say, but please continue, continue. Oh my God, it's gone. My train of thought is crushing. Oh, come back. I distracted you. Yeah, no. Oh, I don't know. It's gone. Whatever it was, it's gone. Well, you, it'll come back to you. You've nailed it with this because it is a psychic psychological apprehension. I mean, it's again, perception management at its, truest and best right it's the perception of the fact that you are number one in a reality number two you are what you say you are in this places that they say it is uh and then also that things can't happen like that or that they happen to someone else that's a strong mm-hmm. belief too oh uh, these are uh, that shit happens to people out there in the in the sticks it didn't happen to me and then downtown chicago maybe you get yeeted off the top of a building by something and can't explain it right so it, oh the other thing the other thing the other thing please, was go, like go, go. the other point that i was thinking as you were saying all of this like that perception is like this is well to me i perceive this all this matrix this reality as literally a big fucking ayahuasca journey that my soul is on and it's not none of it is real the other people aren't real (laughs) the objects aren't real things happening yeah Yeah. like it's a dream like it's like you are me you're just a my reflect we're having this conversation but this is me having a conversation with myself because the physical is not real anyway right so that's the other complete like it seems like anarchy <laughs> to think of yeah. that or existentialism like none of this is real but for me that none of this is real came in recently as a it massively freed me right because i was so attached to the reality and the the illusion that like I didn't want to see beyond that to, to realize and recognize that literally none of it is real and I'm imagining all of this and so my attachment to that was what was causing me grief and pain and suffering because I was so like this is real this experience that I'm having is real the suffering is real the things showing up are real um you know how I feel doesn't matter it's like is my external reality reflecting back how I feel to me and it was this massive 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 fucking ego death that I had recently which has caused this huge up level in my life where I realized like the thing that I was the most afraid of was being alone. And the reason why I was the most afraid of that was because of, I'm going to look at this in a second. Um, The reason why I was the most afraid of that was because if I was alone on my, by myself, I would realize none of this was real. It was all an illusion. Beck doesn't exist. And that I'm not actually alone. I'm part of this infinite consciousness, having this fucking ayahuasca trip that is life. Um, and that was my biggest fear because it would mean that I cease to exist in the way that I perceive myself to exist in a human body. So that would fucking blew my mind open. And when I was like, oh, fuck, if this isn't real, if none of this exists, then what does it mean? It means that none of it fucking matters. <laughs> it's a game. Like if this isn't my illusion, then it's a game and I can decide what I want to see. Like how freeing is that? It's so freeing. Yes, nothing I do really fucking matters if it's a game and it's not real anyway. But it's also freedom on the other side of that because it's like, well, no matter what happens, I know I'm always going to be okay because I can just wake up one day and I'm not actually dead. Um, Like it's like in a dream when you have a car accident, right? And in that dream you die, but then you wake up and it's like, oh, or like in, in a, in like Grand Theft Auto or something, you die and then you get another chance. Like, it's kind of like that, like that fear of death, of fucking it up, of making the wrong decision, of breaking up with someone, of having your heart broken, of all the things that could go wrong. They just don't seem relevant when you realize that it's not fucking real anyway. So that's a really freeing perspective that I have started to take on. What's this that you've sent me here? I I sent you a book, not to distract you, but I was just going to have you uh, include this in the show description of this. It's a book that I'm highly recommending. uh, A guy named Asher, uh, him and I are kind of pen pals here. He's one of the most incredible minds. 
He shared this book with me, and I've read it absolutely fascinating. I just passed it on to the wife, Disobliging Reality by Frank Jezuzak, Dr. Frank Jezuzak. So just real quick, this uh, his wife died, and he was grappling with the big questions. How could his reality persist without her being a part of it? And what was it about reality that interrupted their time together? So there's a facet. He uses the words consensus reality in this like a million times, and I love this man. It's one of the coolest books. It's a 95-page read, but I will be reading it I don't know how many times. Um, it's fascinating. There's no fluff in this. There's no fat. It is just this dude did minimal editing or anything like this, but its basic premise is exactly what we're talking about here. The idea of reality being incredibly flexible, but the question isn't how flexible is it? It's how okay are you with the possibilities? That is really what it's all about. And so again, mm-hmm. taking us back to beliefs, like if you have stronger beliefs and that this place cannot be anything what we're talking about here, and that number one, you're not capable or worthy of dope shit. Number one, I'm here to tell you, fuck off with that thought. That's not yours. And that was implanted in you and you can release it now. Number mm-hmm. two, that really it's uh, more of an insightful process at that point. Because again, it, it, it's all up to you. It, if, if you decide that reality is this fixed, then cool. Maybe generations of people continue because your thought on this is so clear and so persistent, right? Even Albert Einstein, reality is an illusion, albeit a very persistent one. So when you look at things like that, then you're saying, okay, well, are we constantly creating reality due to our limitation of what we believe is possible? I would say yes. I would say that's exactly the air quotes problem. If there was one now, I don't believe in problems. I believe in opportunities in disguise. Because if we can at least sit here and say, yes, if we can both be honest with each other here in this moment and say, you know what, if an alien stepped through a portal right now, yeah, it'd be a little tricky for me, (laughs) even with all of the shit we talk about, even the mind expanding reality is not real you're the only one here solipsism kind of shit it would still trip me the fuck out so then the question is is how do you and i uh give each other the strength and permission to accept experiences like that into our reality without it freaking us out so that we can accept experiences like that into all of our realities because what's good for me is good for we Mm. if we are one in the same which i truly now will say I lean more towards, I'm not going to throw the B word on it, but it's one of my favorites that the unity consciousness idea, individuated expressions are the same thing. Then when you come to a realization, we all come to it. When you can sit there and stomach and see and enjoy and invite and greet with grace and openness, these beings, we will all be able to do that as well. Mm. So then you say, okay, with chicken and egg, who is it? Like who needs to be okay with it? Do I need to do it or do you need to do it? I think the answer is all of us. I think we all need to get to a point to where if you're a fan of manifestation in any regard, what I've been man, what, where I am with manifestation has got nothing to fucking do with cars or money or anything else, dude. I am all about alignment, uh, specific insights. Like those are the things that I, awarenesses, those authenticity, elation service. Those are the things that I manifest. Okay. They're qualities of experience, not physical things, right? Because the physical things come out of those yeah. in abundance in a way that I would be too limited by putting a figure to. And so I just, it's not part of my paradigm. So whenever you uh, start to blossom ideas out of those place places, that's where you find that, dude, this place is fucking whatever the fuck you want it to be. So if, if we can just manifest greater awareness, greater uh, love and ability to have a sight of something that would have physically been jarring before, but not now. And so what that will invite into your experience is little glimpses of things like that. Little, maybe some poltergeist activity may just show up to see how it, how it feels. Now, I would say to that moment and all of us here learning and growing together that we all sort of felt a little shudder whenever yeah. we felt that. I don't have paranormal experiences that I can recall. I also have never been contacted by aliens that I can recall. 
So you would say then, okay, well, what is like greeting with our guides look like? Maybe we can ask them. Maybe that we can, as we do, raise our vibration so they can lower theirs and we can meet in this plane. Maybe there's some way that we can come to a cognitive ability to be able to hold them in our sight, in our vision, and to be able to bring them into a physical in a way that's not jarring for us. And so as defeats the purpose, right? Because again, like the like in the book, I mean, if the aliens would have come down, they knew what they looked like to all the people. And they knew that it would have just scared the shit out of them. They would have fucking tried to kill them or whatever. So the aliens or our guides or any of that feel that way as well. And I feel, dude, a lot of it has to do with, again, what the box is telling you. Hey, all of mm -hmm. us look like this. Hey, anything that looks like that's weird in movies. Hey, that's yeah. fucking evil and you should shoot it in the face because, ew, look, it's icky and sticky. And, ugh, it can read your mind. What the fuck is that? Get it out of here, America. And so um, it's just, again, interesting the way it's framed. So you've been told, like all, like everything else here, how to think about something and how to feel about it, whether you're aware of it or not. And so your job, I feel, is to grab those things and alchemize them and say, hey, do I still feel this way about it? And listen and be honest with yourself. If the answer is yes, then cool. Hang on to it and keep it in your back pocket. It's a temporary truth that you will hang on to and it'll serve you well until it doesn't. Just like all temporary truths, because that's all this is. Our squeamishness in accepting poltergeist activity into our home is a temporary truth. It's just something that we feel like we couldn't accept right now. But even having this conversation, it's mm -hmm. opening us, opening us both, and probably everybody in the audience, maybe to a little bit more, you know, something nonviolent, all that good stuff. I mean, if we're inviting it, let's invite it with stipulations. Be mindful. You know, you don't have to be that broad on the poltergeist shit. Set a cup out. Hmm. Say, okay, look, you know, guys, if this is something, let's start playing with this. Turn it upside down quietly. Don't wake anybody up. Don't knock it off anything. Turn this cup right side up by the morning. We'll see you. Good night. Go to bed. <laughs> I'm imagining people shitting themselves when this cup is. No, but like, honestly, I've had, um, you're like, I haven't had any. I've I'd had be okay so with many, it. I've had so many fucking like ghost experiences. And it's hilarious, right? Because I'm a shaman. I'm literally a medicine woman who <laughs> can, I'm an exorcist is the best word. I'm an exorcist. And I remember when I was in Perth, at this women's festival, our house was like severely haunted and we had ghosts completely trying to fuck up our shit the whole time because they didn't want yeah. us there and I was sitting in bed like going and I'm like are you serious Beck like you're literally an exorcist you literally are an exorcist and you're afraid but I think it's so conditioned right and I had my guides laughing at me just being like why yeah. are you so afraid it's so conditioned so even though I'm so aware of spirits I feel them immediately like I know they're there the minute it's a physical noise or you hear the footsteps or like the, the cold in the room or whatever it is something in your human because you can't see it physically freaks out and I think it's that assuming the worst thing or like most spirits honestly aren't there to fuck with your shit they're just so unaware and they're trapped between you know worlds and they just want someone to see them and acknowledge them or they just don't know how to leave and they're not even aware of you there are the occasional one who just want to make your life miserable but like they can't hurt you actually so it's it's like can we get beyond that right this is for myself as well and I'm full disclosure about being a chicken sometimes and some of the things that I've had to deal with like entity attacks and stuff I really shouldn't be a chicken having dealt with that stuff, but it's still like, because I think it's because it's unseen. It's in this realm where we're not a lot of us are tapping into all the time. We feel inequipped to deal with it. Um, and because of what we've been taught to feel and think and um, you know, the instant response we get, like the thought of, Oh, I'm going to leave this cup on the table and it's going to be turned over. Part of me is like, <gasps> do I really want to see that shit? I don't know if I really want to see that. And that's kind of the relationship I have with my guides for so long. I'd be like, please come make yourself here. And then I'd get, my whole body would be hot and the whole room would start warping and I'd be like, no, 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 <laughs> I don't actually want to guys. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> right. But they, they know that, right. They know that. And that's, they, they keep telling me that 
anyway of like the reason why until now like recently my vision has been really turning on and I've been like seeing all sorts of stuff and as I'm trying to go to bed I'm getting images flash in my mind and having visions um but that's only a very recent thing like for years doing this work it would scare the shit out of me it would be so like there was so much fear um and I think honestly I believe it's because of conditioning because of society because what we've been taught around these experiences framework we they're telling us to be afraid of this stuff so we don't fuck with it (laughs) because then when we fuck with it then we have an awareness of something that's beyond the physical and we're not controllable anymore right because we have connections to these maybe benevolent beings who are here to support us so we're taught don't fuck with that (laughs) we're taught don't you know the christian church like don't do witchcraft don't do um tarot readings don't use any of this occult stuff because it's bad (laughs) because you don't know what you're fucking with and it's like i think it's very tactical right um amazing so i feel let's wrap it up if anyone wants to find you and listen to your podcast or is there anything cool that you've got going on right now that you want to give a little plug to at the moment just handing over the space for you yeah thank you uh first of all you're not a chicken shit in any way uh, i'm gonna <laughs> if you're on my show you'd have gotten the queef that we talked about uh, i think you should do time. it anyway i feel like it, it needs okay, it needs sure to happen show. <laughs> okay so just set it up here if anybody uh talks shit about themselves on my show uh we call it the queef of self self-deprecation and you get a pattern interrupting whenever you do so and so that is an actual queef i'm told i did not i was not there for the capturing of that audio but it is. anyway uh but what it does is it resets you it, it snaps you out of that self-deprecating mode and goes oh yeah i'm a fucking badass powerful connector which is to my point it seems to me that your guides are laughing because it's you anyway and back to what i was talking about about or perhaps you anyway perhaps uh what i was talking about about the ufos that maybe you're just like this counterpart just like to your guides you're their counterpart you're their earth part you know this is the one yes stuck stuck, air quotes you're representing this you know realm and so they have number one access to you in the form of abductions and anything else because it's just you anyway you've consented to all of Mm -hmm. this i have a splinter sovereignty issue with that but we'll I, i i take that up with them quite often i'm sure and they make me forget every time and that's fine but what I would say to that then is that your guides are the same thing and that they'll introduce things into your reality that will get you closer to them because there's a, a big gap to bridge there in their minds. And they're right. You know, again, admittingly so us as well. Yeah, the cup would be fucking weird. I could deal with that. You know, so maybe little things, right? Maybe um, a coin and then flip it over, whatever. So little stuff like that, maybe instead of stacking chairs and breaking shit, like that's destructive. That's You don't need to get my intention in that way. I'm giving you permission to interact and to invite you in in a safe place because also I don't see this as a bad guy. I don't see a bad guy here. Again, if you follow the unity consciousness idea, even the scary things, even the lizard turds, the Klaus anal schwabs that just want to lock you up and take everything and you own nothing and love it. It's, it's, it's a fucking option for experience here. I don't, I don't feel that it's evil. I don't feel that there's anything here to be scared of. I think that it's a haunted house of sorts, but mm-hmm. I think it's more exciting and playful than anything. I think that we take it too goddamn seriously and that yeah. we don't see it as a ride. A lot of us don't. A lot of us do, and that's what we're hopefully articulating. Uh, we're definitely articulating in this conversation. I'm going to wrap this up, I promise. So it, it seems, though, to then that the things that you experience on this level would be little droplets, and they're like, dude, she's, we, she keeps saying, like, I want to connect, I want to connect. She meditated. We got so fucking in her space, dude. It was awesome. And then I walked down the hall and closed the door or something like that. And she freaks the fuck out. Now we got to go back to square one. So with them as well, there's sort of a, how do we interject these energies or how do we present ourselves in a way that's not going to freak the fuck out, but also bridge our gap to where we can come to terms to where maybe they can learn along with you. It's almost like an AI in the sense that they are like a chat GPT. You're like, okay, show me what you really look like. 
then it's like ah this flaming monster and you're like ah and then no don't show me that and so they're learning they're like oh don't show you what i really look like show you what you can handle that i may want to show you that i look like right yeah so it's all these interesting ideas and we'll go off on it on the next time but to plug something yes i'm going to plug uh, expanding reality podcast first of all if you guys want to check out the show Beck, uh, you're up there and this is beautiful. And this guest spot will be over on the guest spots because I put all of them up there. So this will be represented there as well. And thank you so much for this. This is, again, fascinating as always. Um, and there's something I want to talk to you about after you stop the recording as well, just to note. Okay. And so to also promote something uh, is our publishing house. Now, our publishing house is called Ridiginal, uh, which is a poly word meaning ridiculously original. So we have ridiculously original authors. And to that would be a show, uh, a, a book rather that I, that I created for the show. And this is a little handbook. Um, this thing is something that just sort of goes along with the show. And I really created this for other content creators such as yourself to be able to add value for their audiences as well by uh, being able to provide something that's a little bit different and tangible. Now, what this does for our show is uh, just shows you that this is a companion book for expanding reality. In this also, it's a workbook of sorts, right? And so there's a whole workbook element to it but before you dive into it it shows you at the very beginning how to use the damn thing mm -hmm. so this is all of the ways that you can go in and do it and if you will notice at the bottom it says these are merely suggestions please go with what you feel we're absolutely all about you doing whatever the hell you want uh, every three pages of this then there is uh, an activities sort of a deal where you can uh, like this one uh, what are some of your favorite mysteries to explore and you can go through those there's also stuff about what would you ask an alien little note sections in the back places to vent places to draw all that kind of stuff. And this is, again, something I just created in Canva. Very proud of it, actually. It took um, a minute. And um, again, something like this is stuff that we publish through our publishing house, Redigital Publishing. You can find that at expandingrealitypodcast.com for now. We're scaling all that up. But we do uh, children's books, um, uh, fiction, nonfiction, God, anything, uh, not uh, low content books, such as journals, anything like that. So if you guys um, are interested in getting your story published or just talking further about it, please reach out. Um, it's, it's been an awesome, awesome community so far. Also, if you're an illustrator or an animator or something like that, and you feel like I'd like to work with some authors and maybe, you know, make comic books and children's books and shit like that, please reach out. We're, we're also a huge community and a network. That's really what this is. So I um, want to say that's it. Oh, Phi Tribe. Check out Phi Tribe. P-H-I-T-R-I-B-E at YouTube. It is awesome. It's this frequency music. I'm going to share screen real quick back and we'll wrap it up. I know you got to go. Um, I just this... really need to pay. That's all. <laughs> oh, do you really? Okay. Well, then Sorry, real quick and then we'll go. Okay. Tie a knot in it, as my dad would say. Yeah. Uh, I suppose you could. Okay. So right here, Fi Tribe. Um, Fi Tribe at YouTube. This is badass sleep music. It's They have all kinds of stuff. It's meditation music. It's sleep music. They have lucid dreaming tracks, and these will go for eight hours long. The Solfagio series, that one just got released. And uh, these people are awesome. So definitely check this stuff out. Um, it's, it's phenomenal. Really take your sleep to the next level on this. It's got a lot of magic in it, but we're going to let Beck go and pee so you all can discover that more on your own. But Beck, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you all so for much. listening, too. This is badass. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and knowledge that went on some amazing tangents. And I think there's a lot to be gained in here guys. So if you enjoyed that, please go check out Brandon, check out expanding reality. So many cool guests on there as well. Um, check Thank him out you. on Instagram. And there was something else I wanted to say, Oh, leave us a comment <laughs> on Apple podcasts on YouTube on whatever, if this has resonated and you've gotten something out of this and until next time, beautiful souls. I love you. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of Cracked Open. Don't forget to hit subscribe and share with a friend if this episode has served you in any way. For more information about the work that I do or to get in touch with me, read the show notes or head to BethMyLonis.com. Until next time, beautiful soul.